This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Earlier this week, we spoke with organizers behind the Real Abilities Film Festival to learn about their new series on professional development. If you do want to hear that interview, feel free to download our podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Just search for Now with Dave Brown. Michael McNeely, our entertainment critic, had a chance to attend some of the seminars and joins us to share some of his takeaways and observations. Hey, good morning, Michael. How are you? Good morning. I'm practicing smiling for the camera today. (laughs) Yeah, we're all practicing smiling. That's always a good policy. Michael, why do you think professional development events like this are so important for filmmakers with disabilities? I think when you look at the education experiences of people with disabilities in general, we find that they are often not very accessible or inclusive for many of us. I think we've had negative experiences in some part going through the school system and maybe we may be fearful of pursuing further education in light of those negative experiences. So I do think that there is an education gap which with abilities has sought to fill by providing these professional development sessions. In these particular sessions, what were some of the accessibility features of the panels that you attended? And these these accessibility features are also for the future panels that we'll talk about later in the segment, but they're all on Zoom and they have closed captioning as well as ASL interpretation. So that means that everyone can attend as long as they have a way to access Zoom and they can use either the closed captioning or ASL or both. Was there a lot of engagement from people who were involved in the sessions? I could not tell the um, total list of participants, but I noticed that there was lively discussion in the chat, which is always very pleasing to see. Um, I found that in both of my sessions that I attended, Everyone was talking about getting together on social, so on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram, and people were following each other and starting to build a community from those people that attended. And what were some of the things that you took away, that you learned from this experience? So I learned a lot. Um, The first panel I attended was on Wednesday at 3 p.m. It was... um, how to make films for low cost or for free. And there were a lot of resources shared by the presenters. Um, Two of the presenters are filmmakers with disabilities. Their names are Spencer McKay and Emily Schooley. They provided a very, very uh, powerful presentation that discussed resources for um, pre-production, production, post-production, and distribution. I was able to take away one or two salient points from each of those sessions. And one that I would like to share with everybody is that 
Making a film does not need to be overwhelming. It does not need to be scary. Most of most people start with a short film, which is probably going to be five to ten minutes long. My first short film was about thirteen minutes long. And essentially what what happens is that you have an idea and you want to follow the idea to the conclusion. So keep it simple, keep it authentic. We we talked about indie panel, we talked about that um there are not many stories about people with disabilities, so there's always much to learn when it comes to your experience as somebody with a disability. I think I'll share one more idea. Um, in the production stage, when you're actually doing the filming, it's important that you treat your team well, because those are the people that are working with you for the long term. You want to make sure that you find good people and you want to make sure that you incentivize those people to keep working with you. So if you don't have enough money to pay for those people, that may be fine. Perhaps you can show your gratitude in other ways, like feeding them, because everybody needs to eat sometimes. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely the truth. Michael, generally speaking, how have you learned about the filmmaking industry? Well, I've mostly been self-taught, as I've shared on this podcast many times. I wanted to major in film studies, but I never got the opportunity to because the film studies department was not providing closed captioning for me at the time. So I essentially rented or bought all those films in the first year course, and I watched them all. That's why I have some posters in my room now um, one of them is Jaws, right behind me. Um, this is the best summertime film. I still haven't seen it, but we'll talk about that sometime. That was one of the films in the in the um, first film course that I wasn't able to take. So I think, you know, sometimes when you're self-taught, it's easy to feel insecure. But um, I think it's important to realize that teaching yourself and maybe taking one or two of these courses that WillAbilities is providing, um, that's probably the best way to go. And that's probably, you know, it's, it's no less than any other method. When we're talking about professional development, what are some specific lessons that you'd like to see more of? So I think I would just love to keep going with these, um, with these sessions that WillAbilities is providing just to keep discovering more and more topics. So maybe maybe it would be how to make an action film with somebody with a disability, or how to make an inclusive um, horror film, or more about script writing. Because um, the second panel that I attended was supposed to be about script writing, but instead it turned out to be about people's internal processes for finding creativity and producing work, which is still not a bad topic, but it just wasn't the topic I was expecting. Let's come back to the accessibility side of this. What are essentials that people need to keep in mind if they're going to be making an events like this accessible and inclusive? I think the first thing you need to do is you need to advertise the accessibility features that you're going to be providing. 
And not providing accessible features is not an answer. That is not appropriate at this time. So one must always be upfront with these accessible features. Um, I think another thing is to maybe share notes or highlights ahead of time to allow people to follow along. I that that was mostly done in our presentations, but I always would appreciate an outline just before we get started, just so that I can keep track of what's happening or what people are addressing or what I can take home at the end of the day. I think um, also stopping and asking how people are doing, if people are keeping up or making sure that people have an outlet so that they can express any challenges that they're having is always a great idea. So WheelAbilities did a good job of this because they, they provided instructions in the chat for how we could ask for help if we needed help. And I think everything went really well. I think um, I, just, I just need more of these kinds of events because I saw the level of engagement, the interest is there, the passion is there, the, the speakers and the panelists are extremely talented and knowledgeable about their subject matter. So I just want more, more, more. Mm. Well, speaking of more, 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 the development series is not over just yet. There's a little bit more coming down the pipeline. So what are some of the focuses that they're going to lay out today before it ends? Well, you don't have much time, but at 3 p.m., there's going to be a panel about actors with disabilities breaking out of the mold, breaking out of typecasting. There's some very, very, very uh, powerful talent on that panel. And then at 6 p.m., there's a matchmaking for creatives, so it's not dating. It's just matchmaking for if you have a team that you're trying to get together for a project, or maybe you just want to make a new friend that may help you watch your screenplay or help you with your camera. I think that's where you will find the people that you may want to work with. So what I would suggest for you right now is not to waste any time, but to register for the panels um, at 3 p.m. and 6 p.m by going to the website. Um, you can also Google uh, WheelAbilities, R-E-E-L-A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S-212, and you will find the website where you can register. Registration is free, so that's another aspect that I didn't talk about with accessibility in events. Often the economic cost is is a barrier. So these, these sessions are completely free. Michael, thank you for letting us know about how your experience was so far and enjoy the rest of the, uh, the development series. Yes, and I would also just recommend to everyone, you know, keep pursuing courses and any chance that you can get, even if they're not from a university or from a college, it doesn't mean they're any less valid. And don't be afraid to learn new things. That's great advice, Michael. Thank you. That's Michael McNeely. If you want to learn more about the Real Abilities Film Festival's professional development series, that's free and virtual and still a few more sessions to go, visit their website, R-A-F-F-T-O dot C-A. That's R-A-F-F-T-O dot C-A. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. This was an AMI podcast. 
For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.